This is Jackson Peterson, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Humboldt, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan, along with Tyler Donaldson. We'll also hear from Don Wick as well. At its 100th annual Ag Outlook Forum, USDA estimating corn acreage at 91 million acres and soybeans at 87.5 million. If realized, corn acreage would be down 3.6% from last year. Soybeans would be down nearly 4%. USDA Chief Economist Seth Meyer kicked off the Ag Outlook Forum, indicating prices for corn, soybeans, and wheat are all expected to erode this year. Fertilizer prices may be lower, but Meyer said margins will be squeezed by generally higher input costs. We're entering a period here where you're going to have to really, you know, it was maybe easier to make a little bit of money in 22-23. It's going to be a little bit tougher in the next crop year. And so this is just an example to tell you, you know, we enter these periods where you make money, and then when prices normalize, those input prices tend to be pretty sticky. And that's a problem. Meyer said the U.S. is also facing difficult export competition. That export competition is only likely to grow. We need to be both export competitive and have a domestic market where we can sell our goods into. And as many different ways we can sell it, uh, whether that's traditional grain sales or whether that's a bioeconomy product, we need to have markets domestically as well, too, in order to do that. Geopolitical uncertainties and transportation disruptions also hang over this market, and Meyer said weather ultimately has the last word. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack also addressed the forum this morning, saying the U.S. is losing too many farms and that hurts rural communities. Vilsack asked if the farm bill should focus on the top 10 or 15 percent of farm production or all farms regardless of size. Vilsack's speech was briefly interrupted by a protester shouting about USDA expenditures for animal agriculture and COVID bailouts. The Red River Farm Network coverage of the USDA Ag Outlook Forum is sponsored by the Minnesota Corn Growers Association with additional support from the North Dakota Corn Council, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, and Amity Technologies. From the USDA Ag Outlook Forum in Arlington, Virginia, I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack delivered a familiar theme during his address at the USDA Ag Outlook Forum, questioning if farm programs should focus primarily on the largest 10 to 15 percent of farmers. Vilsack emphasized opportunities for more farmers would address a larger societal issue, ultimately benefiting rural communities. The Red River Farm Network asked Vilsack if means testing is needed for farm programs. No. Uh, it, it means in, in continued investment in local and regional uh, food purchasing opportunities. It means uh, support for the local agricultural marketing program. It means support for farm to school. It means support for farmer market promotion. It means support for uh, the purchasing of food uh, and creating of markets. Vilsack went on to say the focus should be on creating new and better markets. That may mean local and regional food systems. Climate Smart Agriculture was also highlighted as a way to bring additional revenue streams to farmers. It's important for agriculture and the future of agriculture that agriculture is a leader in this effort. Uh, because if they're not, there are going to be some folks who want to radically change the way in which agriculture is approached. A way of responding to that is by saying, no, no, farmers and ranchers they're on the front lines here. 
They're embracing this notion. And we're taking economic advantage of it. So it's not means testing at all. It's about more new and better markets. On the sidelines of the USDA Ag Outlook Forum, James Callan Associates President Jim Callan said a farm bill proposal is being formulated that would support farmers across the northern plains. We've been working closely with Senator Hovind, so I'm representing grain growers, corn growers, and durham growers, and a bunch of other ag groups too that we're working with through the Midwest Council on Ag. Uh, we came up with some of those ideas. Uh, Senator Hovind looked at it, thought it made sense. He made some tweaks, and he has legislation that I believe he's getting ready to introduce at some point soon. It would be very helpful for folks in higher risk areas, i.e. North Dakota, and also places such as Texas, to have increased premium support so they could hire higher levels of coverage and that have an on top of policy supplemental coverage option, which would also see higher levels of premium support. Callan, who's a lobbyist representing North Dakota farm groups, offered his perspective on the farm bill timeline. Folks uh, such as House Ag Chairman Thompson indicate that uh, you know he can get it done. He, he's looking at floor time in March. I think that's going to be difficult. Uh, I also have heard in the next coming weeks he's going to be releasing some um, information on the Farm Bill and his proposals and plans. On the Senate side, um, it's been difficult because you have differences of opinion, particularly on what's going to fund reference prices and a plus up in crop insurance. World Weather Inc. Senior Agricultural Meteorologist Drew Lerner released his annual U.S. Spring and Summer Weather Preview today. For the northern plains, uh, North Dakota, Minnesota, I think we're probably going to uh, have a, a, a fair spring. It's going to not be excessively wet, but we will have a couple of uh, beneficial rain events come along to help us get in the field. But we will be dealing with some drier tendencies maybe in the summer. Those drier tendencies will probably be more significant in South Dakota, southern Minnesota, and then further south into Iowa, Nebraska, and, and all the way down to the Gulf Coast. Drought conditions could expand in the plains areas along the Canadian border. I'm not convinced that we're going to see good generalized precipitation across all of these areas. I think the National Weather Service came out uh, today and suggested that there would be some expansion of drought uh, during the March, April, May time period across some of the areas in southern Canada and the northern fringes of the northern plains. Uh, and that's something that we definitely want to watch. I certainly agree that the precipitation over these next few weeks will continue to be rather restricted. South American weather continues to be favorable for crop development and field work. World Weather Incorporated says Brazil and Paraguay will see a good mix of rain and sunshine over the next two weeks, while Argentina will see some net drying. World Weather says two rounds of timely rains are expected for Argentina through the end of February, but confidence in those rain details remains slow. This is the Red River Farm Network. Thursday, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The U.S. Grains Council hosted a joint officers mission to Japan earlier this year. USGC Chairman Brent Boydson says Japan is a growing market for U.S. ethanol. They are a, a very important strategic partner with Grains Council, and every other year we do a joint officer mission. But uh, uh, like Senegal, we went over, we evaluated the programs uh, that we were working on, what is working, what, uh, what needs to be worked on. Uh, but it was a very good trip. We saw that uh, Japan is looking at moving to a higher standard of ethanol blends. 
Sustainable aviation fuel is also being discussed. What that can mean uh, for the ethanol industry and what it will also mean for the auto industry. Uh, there seems to be uh, the opinion that uh, uh, Japan's going to import ethanol in general and they'll blend it with the gasoline there because they're not going to import their blended gasoline with what they're using now and ethanol separately. So very, very exciting to see the, the market potential for U.S. ethanol into Japan. At the Minnesota Pork Congress this week in Mankato, National Pork Board Senior Director of Agricultural Marketing, Jose De Jesus, laid out a plan for driving pork demand and expanding consumption demographics. Our whole team at the National Pork Board recognized the market situation, and we're working hard to drive demand. I think um, that is our number one, and we're focused on driving demand, not just in the short term, but long term. Number two was, this idea of multicultural consumers, because Hispanics, African-American, and Asian consumers, um, they, they do consume a lot of pork, and they're key to to our growth, really, to unlocking uh, demand growth here for the industry for years to come. Third is we really are doubling down on taste and flavor. That is our number one attribute for pork, and we gotta we got to exploit that. Jesus also noted a need to target younger consumers. Most of the consumption is, is going through the baby boomer uh, demographic, and we we understand that they're a big part of that, but you know, at some point, the younger demographic is going to have to carry the load, and unfortunately, pork is not relevant with younger consumers, so we have to make uh, pork relevant so that we can build this emotional connection with the consumer that can lead to some uh, growth down the road. The truth is that it's hard, it's hard to really um, have affinity for something that is not relevant for you. And for the younger consumers, we have to attack this early on and now and into the future. USDA's 100th Ag Outlook Forum begins this morning. Ahead of the forum, World Ag Outlook Board member Mark Jekinowski uh, said that dairy prices are forecast to be up in February. And as a result of all of this, product prices here in the U.S. are up. Cheese price, we raised by $0.07 cents per pound. Butter price up by $0.11 cents per pound. Dry products as well, non-fat, dry milk, dry whey, each raised about a nickel per pound. So both our Class 3 price and our Class 4 price were raised this month. Class 3 was raised by a dollar per hundredweight, now at $17.10 per hundredweight. Class 4 was raised by $0.85 cents per hundredweight to $20.20 per hundredweight. And the all-milk price, we raised this month by $0.95 cents per hundredweight, now forecast for 2024 at $20.95 per hundredweight. Jekinowski also looks at potential pork production and prices. In terms of hogs and pork, we reduced our production forecast for pork by 90 million pounds, just reflecting a little bit slower slaughter pace than we had been seeing, so we incorporated that into our forecast. So pork supplies in general tightening up this month relative to January, but relatively strong demand for pork, good carcass cutout values, and that is also translating into some strength in the hog price. So we raised our hog price forecast $2 per hundredweight, currently at $59.75 per that would be up about $1.16 year over year. Corn Belt Marketing market analyst Sam Hudson says the grain markets had been trying to stabilize this morning, but now seeing renewed selling following the release of the Outlook Forum numbers. The data was generally as the trade probably expected. Um, you know, I would say with corn acres at $91 million and the way prices are right now, uh, granted, if they keep falling and it turns into a loss all the way around, it's not good. But I, I would still think corn pencils better. And so I, I think if we have good weather, you would have to assume that you know, 91 million acres could actually grow a little bit. Uh, 87 and a half on beans, I don't know if we have to you know, see anything more than that. I think that could be a high bar set. 
but nonetheless, uh, both of these markets are struggling with the fact that we don't have enough demand to gobble up these supply buffers, and uh, you know we need a supply you know threat to to change that course. And I think the first time you know, we could get that at this point, maybe a U.S. Uh, you know wet spring. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. AMVAC is releasing a new tool for use in corn rootworm control. According to AMVAC U.S. Green Solutions Marketing Manager Ted Walter, BioWake Prime acts as an alternative to other insecticide application systems. Yeah, we're, we're excited to be launching a, a new technology and really um, new to the marketplace um, for the first time. It's an EPA-registered bioinsecticide for corn rootworm control in the planter box. So what it does is it offers growers a a real convenient option uh, for controlling corn rootworm control, whether that's going to be at the planter box or they can use it um, if they're using pro boxes, they can over-treat their seed and pop open the pro box and, and just dump the bag in to treat 50 units of seed. The insecticide has shown some yield improvement over multiple trials. So its mode of action is it, it activates the corn plant self-defenses. It's a microbial solution that colonizes the root zone. And then it turns on the plant defenses and acts as a deterrent to corn rootworm larvae that would be feeding on the, on the corn roots. So they have a, have a hard time finding the corn roots and it, it prevents feeding. And what we've seen really across 56 trial locations um, is an eight bushel uh, yield advantage. Checking markets before we leave you this noon hour. March wheat Minneapolis down two and a half cents, six sixty. The May contract down three and a half cents. Chicago March wheat down eighteen and three quarters at five sixty six and three quarters. Kansas City March wheat down eleven and a quarter at five seventy six and a half. March corn down five and a half at four eighteen and three quarters. July corn down six and a quarter at four forty one. March soybeans down six cents at eleven sixty four and a half. May down seven and three quarters at eleven sixty eight and a half. March meal is down three dollars a ton at three forty thirty. Bean oil down thirty points at forty six sixty three. In Winnipeg, March canola down ten dollars seventy cents a metric ton, five hundred seventy dollars ten cents Canadian. April live cattle a dollar forty seven higher one eighty five forty seven. June's up eighty cents at one eighty one ninety two. March feeder cattle eighty seven cents higher at two forty seven ten. April feeder cattle sixty cents higher at two fifty twenty. April lean hogs fifty five cents higher at eighty five oh seven. The May hogs up thirty five cents at eighty eight eighty five. Thanks for joining us. Have a great afternoon. This is the Red River Farm Network.